0: Hello Nephew community, welcome to today's episode of Hot Topics in Nephrology podcast. My name is Sushma Shervante. I am a Nephrology clinical and scientific liaison with Otsuka, and I will be moderating today's discussion. Today I am very excited to have Melanie Betts join me in presenting part one of a two-part series examining the barriers and current recommendation practices of plant-based diets to patients with kidney disease. We'll be focusing specifically on a paper that Melanie and colleagues published in September of 2022 in the Journal of Renal Nutrition titled, Plant-Based Diets in Kidney Disease, Nephrology Professionals Perspective. It is my pleasure to introduce Melanie Betts, Melanie is a registered dietitian at the University of Chicago in the section of nephrology. She works with patients who have chronic kidney disease, kidney stones, or a variety of genetic disorders that impact the kidney. Her research interests include plant-based diets for kidney disease, understanding adherence to renal diets and effective nutrition interventions to prevent kidney stones. She also has a blog aimed at providing science-based nutrition information to the public. You can find her at www.thekidneydietitian.org. Melanie, thank you so much for joining us today. We are very fortunate to have you. Thank you Shishma so much for
1: having me. I'm excited to be here today.
0: Wonderful. I would love to start out by talking a bit more about plant-based diets in patients with kidney diseases at a high level so that we can establish a good foundation before diving into your publication. Specifically, in your paper, you note that there is no formal definition of a plant-based diet, but could you tell us what a typical plant-based diet looks like? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, And I always like to kind of preface Mm -hmm. any conversation like this um, with that fact that there is no actual definition of a plant-based diet. Um, I think so often when we hear that term plant-based diet, our minds immediately go to a completely vegetarian or even a vegan diet. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, quite frankly, a place plant-based diet can mean whatever you want it to mean for you and, and for your patients. Um, but but I, I really like to just highlight that fact because I think that's an important distinction is that when, when I use the term plant-based diet, to me, that's does not necessarily mean the complete removal of animal based foods. Um, So that being said, a plant based diet could look very different for lots of different people. Um, I think in general, it just means that someone is working on including more plant foods, right? So um, more plant foods than the maybe the average American is consuming, which is not very many. Um, So just a dietary pattern that includes lots of things like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, um, and maybe incorporating more of those plant proteins in place of animal. Proteins, so those plant proteins being things like beans, nuts, seeds, lentils, and those types of things.
0: Absolutely, no. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you shared that because you're right. There is a common misconception that plant-based diets requires complete exclusion of all animal and animal products, and so it's important that we all have a better understanding of what a plant-based diet more accurately represents. Beyond this, what evidence is there currently that the use of plant-based diets can slow progression of CKD and manage comorbid conditions?
1: Yeah. So that's a huge question. And without getting too into the weeds and listing, you know, data and a whole bunch of numbers um, at sort of a high level, um, there are multiple trials um, from an epidemiological standpoint, um, that basically the dietary patterns that are more plant forward. So generally the, the data out there looks at something like a DASH diet or the dietary approaches to stop hypertension diet, which is a, um, a dietary pattern that is very, very plant and vector excuse me, fruit and vegetable rich. So a DASH diet actually recommends nine to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables per day, which is a ton of fruits and vegetables. Um, I actually found in a a previous study that the average um, patient with CKD is actually eating closer to 1.4, 1.7 servings of fruits and vegetables per day. So that is a huge discrepancy between what the DASH diet recommends um, or a Mediterranean diet. So um, so basically the, the trials that are out there really have dived into those two patterns, either that DASH diet or Mediterranean diet. Um, and time and time again, we see that people with CKD who eat dietary patterns more consistent with these DASH or Mediterranean diets tend to have a slower decline in GFR. Um, they tend to have less of a need for dialysis if you follow a cohort for a certain amount of time. Um, so yeah, we just we just know that these these, diets that are more plant forward, have a slower, people have a slower decline in in GFR. Um, There's also a lot of data out there that shows that people who eat more fruits and vegetables um, actually have a better control of acidosis, which is a huge deal, of course, for patients with kidney disease and can impact the um, progression of CKD. Uh, I'd also like to take this time to note that the new 2020 Kidoki guidelines um, actually recommend a lower protein goal for patients with CKD stage three through five who are not on dialysis, It's a very, very low protein goal Um, for all the dietitians out there. You know, it is very difficult to meet that low protein goal. Um, And even though the guidelines don't come out and say plant protein is better than animal protein, I would say it is very impossible, very difficult, if not impossible, to plan a, a meal plan that meets that low protein goal that includes animal protein foods just because animal protein foods are so much higher in protein than plant protein. So um, I would say that, uh, I would argue that adding more of these plant-based diets to uh, or plant-based foods to, uh, to patients with CKD um, can help them meet these new K-Doki guidelines.
0: Wow. Well, there are certainly data and evidence to support the benefits of plant-based diets, and I'm so glad that you've highlighted some of them for us here and gone through some of the differences between them. Now, we've only been talking about the potential benefits of a plant-based diet thus far, Um, so let's take a look at the other side. What are some of the common concerns for the use of plant-based diets in CKD?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We need to certainly uh, take time to discuss both sides. Um, I think that one of the biggest concerns and, and something that I found in the study that we're talking about today, um, specifically is dietitians are really concerned about the micronutrients of plant-based diets. Um, certainly what I learned in school, maybe 10 years ago, <laughs> um, not to age myself, um, is that you know a renal diet is very much like white rice and chicken. Um, and it restricts lots and lots of these foods that we actually promote On a plant-based diet and so in many ways a plant-based diet is completely the opposite of what i learned and many of us learned that what a renal diet was um however there has been a huge shift in the last i don't don't know so many years (laughs) um, that a lot of these micronutrients uh really aren't maybe needing to be restricted as much as we thought they did before um i'll kind of give a quick overview of, of some of the common ones so of course, phosphorus comes up, um, sort of the old school list of high phosphorus foods always list things like nuts, seeds, and lentils. Um, however, we know that phosphorus from these plant sources is only absorbed about 50%. Whereas you look at how much phosphorus is absorbed from animal sources, things like meat, chicken, fish, et cetera, that's absorbed at about 90%. And so really by switching to more of these plant sources of protein, we can actually likely help control phosphorus levels even more just because of that reduced bioavailability of phosphorus. I also wanted to touch on potassium a little bit. Um, So potassium is a tricky one. Um, We know that high potassium levels are a really big deal for patients with CKD and and certainly an even bigger deal as we progress to the later stages and and certainly on dialysis. Um, However, there's actually no data to suggest that a low potassium diet impacts serum potassium levels. Um, which is really, really crazy because we were, that's sort of a, a paradigm in, in nephrology is that someone has high potassium levels, um, we need to restrict potassium. Um, However, I think we really need to look at those serum potassium levels a little bit more holistically. Um, Serum potassium levels are impacted by so many different things, including glucose levels, acidosis, constipation. Um, And a plant-based diet, even though it may be a little bit higher in potassium, can actually help control glucose, acidosis, and constipation with all that wonderful fiber and and alkali that we get from all those plant foods. Um, And so even though these plant foods may be a little bit higher in potassium, they might actually help control hyperkalemia and some of these via the, some of these other avenues. So um, I think we, again, just need to look at potassium a little bit more holistically. Um, also, not everyone with CKD needs to limit potassium. That's also something that that is important to, to, to highlight is that a lot of people, even in those later stages of CKD, have totally normal potassium levels, and so there's no reason to even touch how much potassium they're eating in their diet at all. Um, and so really that potassium needs to be individualized, and I would say that even if someone does have high potassium levels, that does not completely... Um, disqualify them, if you will, from from the benefits of a plant-based diet.
0: Now, that is really interesting. It really shows that when we dissect some of these misconceptions around plant-based diets, specifically the perceived downsides as it pertains to phosphorus and potassium, like you shared, a little bit more closely, and we actually replace it with real evidence-based data, We come to find that plant-based diets are actually beneficial in these aspects as well. So I wanted to thank you for that excellent background on what a plant-based diet looks like, how it benefits kidney patients, and for addressing those common concerns. With that, um, I would love to have you tell us what motivated you to do this study and what your study objectives were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think it was just kind of a personal interest, <laughs> quite frankly, um, as to what motivated me to do this study. Um, I, you know, I spend quite a bit of time online in the uh, online renal diet space with CKD patients with my blog and the social media presence. Um, and in that world, there is just such a huge push for these plant-based diets. Um, you know, people are talking about them and they're super excited about it. Um, but I was sort of finding a disconnect between 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 that and sort of the academic nephrology world that I also live in. Um, And so I was just kind of wondering like, what are people doing out there, right? What are we as nephrology healthcare professionals doing for these plant-based diets, right? Are they actually getting recommended to patients or is it just kind of this, excitement that's kind of living in this online Instagram space. Um, And so really my my objective was to truly just better understand what nephrology professionals think about plant-based diets for patients with kidney disease and what they're actually doing in terms of recommending them to
0: patients. No, that's wonderful. wonderful. I love that this is a personal passion and interest area of yours. And on top of that, it adds immense value to the field of nephrology for providers and patients alike, just based on that gap and need that you've identified. Based on what you've shared, uh, better understanding healthcare professionals' perceptions of plant-based diets and its benefits clearly represents an area where further research and efforts are warranted but how did you design a study to measure your objectives and what methods did you use?
1: Yeah, it was a pretty simple design. I just created a survey um, and I emailed it to a whole bunch of healthcare professionals. Um, I utilized the National Kidney Foundation's um, health professional list. Um, So all of the people that had email addresses in that database, um, in in that NKF member database, got my email. So the survey was sent to about 4,000 or about 3,900 people. um, And I got 664 responses, which I think is actually pretty good. And then I just collected the data from there.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for providing that context. And with that, we'll now jump into some of the key survey results. A total of 664 responses were used for analysis, of which a majority were dietitians and most worked in dialysis centers. Over 87% of participants had heard of using plant-based diets for the treatment of CKD, And a majority believed that a plant-based diet could improve management of CKD, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, and overweight and obesity. Despite a strong belief in all of these incredible benefits, only about half of participants reported that they currently offer plant-based treatment options. Melanie, why do you think that is? and what can or needs to be done in order to increase that number? Yeah,
1: so it was disheartening um, to to find out that only about half of the people in my survey at least, um, so that they were discussing plant-based diets with their patients. Um, I actually tried to get at why in my survey the best as I could. um, And I found that quote, a low perceived acceptance of plant-based diets and quote, Um, being not realistic for patients were sort of the top barriers that my participants identified um, as their their barriers to recommending plant-based diets to patients. Um, So I think that I think that, again, we, we need to go back to that definition of a plant-based diet. Um, I think that, yes, a lot of people are not going to fully transition to a vegan diet. Um, but I think kind of working on getting the message out there that we don't necessarily have to switch to that 100% vegetarian or vegan diet um, help would help us as healthcare professionals feel a little bit more um, comfortable recommending them to patients. Um, It might make that a little bit more realistic to patients um, and help them Um, you know, just kind of accept this advice a little bit better. So I think the bottom line is we really just need to kind of rethink our definition of plant-based diets and um, just get the message out there that it doesn't need to be this 100% plant-based thing. And there still is likely benefits to just getting in more of these plant foods. Um, And I think we also really need to just continue to do more research to understand the benefits of plant-based diets for CKD. And I think specifically, it would be interesting to look at their impact on electrolyte management Um, specifically potassium and phosphorus like we were discussing earlier um, because I think that really is a big hang up specifically for dietitians in recommending these diets you know again we were taught you know it was dogma that you can't have tomatoes and potatoes on a CKD diet and that's not necessarily the case and so I think if we have hard numbers to show that these plant-based diets do actually improve electrolyte management in CKD that'll help a lot of us feel much more comfortable recommending them.
0: Yeah, absolutely, those are all excellent points and recommendations that you've brought to light. To that effect, a need for evidence-based practice guidelines was another factor identified by professionals that would help inform their practice. What guidance or resources are currently being offered for healthcare providers to gain more awareness about plant-based diets? And how can we make these resources better known and more accessible to them?
1: Yeah, so we definitely do need more professional guidance. Um, I think that actually the Journal of Renal Nutrition, where where my paper was published, has a lot of really, really wonderful papers that kind of give us some more nitty gritty details for using plant-based diets and kidney disease um, and help addressing some of those concerns sort of on a, a big guideline level. Unfortunately, the recommendation for plant versus animal protein didn't make it into those recent 2020 KDOKI guidelines um, due to a lack of randomized controlled trials. So like I mentioned earlier, most of the data for that supports plant-based diets in CKD um, is epidemiological. You know, you look at people, you, um, you ask them what they generally eat, and then you see how their CKD progresses. Um, we really don't have randomized controlled trials to support this. Um, and so I think we really need to do that. <laughs> I think that would really, really help. Um, or I know that would really help get these specific recommendations for plant versus animal protein into the official Kato key guidelines. Yeah, and I think that would help a lot, of, a lot of people to feel more comfortable doing this and get it on even more, more of our radar. Um, I would like to mention that the guidelines, um, even though they didn't specifically mention that animal versus uh, plant protein, they did recommend the intake of fruits and vegetables in general for patients with CKD1 through 4, um, specifically to help control acidosis. Um, And then they also called out the Mediterranean diet um, because that could help with lipid management and CKD. So even though they didn't say, hey, we want more more animal protein, or excuse me, more plant protein, um, they did say just in general, eating more produce, whether it be via a whole Mediterranean diet pattern or just eating fruits and vegetables in general, could be helpful for these specific things for patients with CKD.
0: Yeah, and that sounds like progress to me, and I feel that, you know, every bit counts and progress in the right direction when it comes to increasing awareness and improving patient outcomes is definitely a win. Now, on the other hand, your study found that dietitians felt significantly more comfortable planning a, a balanced plant-based diet and had greater confidence that a plant-based diet could help delay progression of CKD and help achieve blood pressure control than other specialties. Unfortunately, however, only 10 to 15% of patients meet with a dietitian before starting dialysis. So what drives this difference between the use of plant-based diets in the non-dialysis versus the dialysis settings?
1: Yeah, so I'm mean, to I say it's not surprising. The dietitians felt more comfortable planning a, a balanced plant-based diet. That's literally what we do. So that's good. <laughs> that's great that I found that. Um, I think ultimately it just comes down to the fact that there aren't dietitians or very many dietitians in the CKD space. Um, dietitians are required to be in dialysis centers. Dialysis patients are required to meet with dietitians on a regular basis, whether there's this this um this requirement certainly does not exist in the CKD space. And so that has led to the fact that there just really aren't many dietitians. I think that my role um, of being a dietitian in a nephrology clinic is rather unique. I think that most nephrology clinics don't have a role like mine, which is unfortunate. and so I think we really just need to figure out a way to get more dietitians in nephrology clinics. Um, I think we need to educate both both uh, nephrologists as well as patients that Medicare and Medicaid actually cover uh, medical nutrition therapy or dietitian services for patients with CKD three um, B or greater. Hopefully, hopefully earlier soon. But as of right now, with stage three B or later. Um, and so I think it really just kind of comes down to that that act access to dietitians and understanding that we are actually covered by insurance in many cases.
0: Absolutely. And all of the work that you have done and all of your efforts are so greatly appreciated. Even bringing some of these challenges and barriers to light is important so that we can all be more aware of what still needs to be done and come up with ways to overcome these barriers. On that note, I wanted to add that food guides, fact sheets, and plant-based handouts were additional resources that participants identified as a factor to help inform their practice, as well as the means to connect education and materials to patient culture and family, improved food labels, and recipes. With that, I would like to take this opportunity to share all of the exciting nutrition content and resources available on NEPHEW. NEPHU features a section dedicated to nutrition and kidney health, where you can find resources such as webinars discussing electrolytes and water intake, as well as recipes called Kitchen Creations for Kidney Health, all of which are free and downloadable right here on NEPHU.org. To wrap up and summarize the paper we discussed today from the Journal of Renal Nutrition titled Plant-Based Diets and Kidney Disease, Nephrology Professionals Perspective by Melanie Betts and Colleagues. Nephrology practitioners are aware that plant-based diets are beneficial for patients with kidney disease. However, practitioners are not routinely recommending plant-based diets because of concerns over patient acceptance and feasibility. Working with patients to make small, realistic changes may help patients follow a more plant-forward meal pattern. Melanie, thank you so, so much. This has been very informative and we appreciate you greatly for spending your time with us and sharing your expertise and knowledge.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, (laughs) it was our pleasure. And Nephew community, thank you for tuning in. Please check back for future episodes where we will talk about other hot topics in our nephrology podcast, including part two of this two-part series where Melanie and I will discuss the barriers and current recommendation practices of plant-based diets to patients with kidney disease from a patient perspective. And until then, please do check out the abundance of incredible resources available on Nephew.org.